Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 181st episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those legends at Audio Technica. I am your extremely humble host, Brenda White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8bit. And joining me today on this gaming journey, my hungry ride I die, Die Dojo's number one fan. You can find her at Miss Ally Hart. Obviously, we're talking about Miss Ally Hart and rounding out the trilogy today. A man of mystery, charm, and poise. A famed space smuggler and lover of a group of bulldogs from the Wild West. You can find him enjoying a cold Coke or at Cruzy underscore mate. He's back from the podcast Wilderness. Mr. Jack Cruz, welcome to The Hungry Gamers episode 181. It's been a while. Oh, oh, thank whoop you, my friend. Whoop thank whoop. you. Thank you. Thank you for the, uh, the way too generous uh, introduction. Um, but yeah, it's good to be back. It's been a while. I was just saying, like, it's feels like forever since i've dusted off the old at 2020 and and uh put the old uh headphones on and done a podcast so yeah it's good to be back mate they say it's just like just like riding a bike so you're going to be fine um i think yeah. i probably used all the energy i have this morning in that intro that so you guys carry intro, me man. for the next 60 minutes i appreciate it i very much appreciate it i'll carry you through brother but I got my friend uh, Nespresso Pod Black Coffee to see me through. He's uh, mm. he's my new little ride or die, as as you heard last week. And uh, we're persisting. We're persisting. I've, what I've have got you got? You got some. A, it's a, it monster a monster energy ultra paradise. It's like a Ooh. orange. It's just something I had in the fridge. It's like no. It's like an apple. Like an apple energy okay. drink. It's, that it's different. Mean. Cruzy mm. ain't fucking around. Waking up straight on the uh, energy drink. <laughs> I, I gotta bring the. I, I gotta bring the energy. I can't. Uh, can just roll in these days and uh, and turn it on. Need need some artificial uh, pep. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, you're in the 30s now, and uh, anyone that is anybody knows that uh, once you, once you hit them 30s, the the energy levels and the metabolism and just your general well being it goes downhill yep. pretty quick. Oh, so yeah. uh, oh, absolutely. I shit you not, like I turned 30 and that very same week I had my first like picking up and lifting something back injury and it was not even something like big or heavy. It was just like, I just picked this thing up and move it. I was like, oh shit, what does that yeah. little, little ping? I'm like, damn. I'm like, oh God, the universe knows I'm getting old. It's super oh, yeah. sad. Like the other day I hurt my neck from turning it slightly to the left. So <laughs> it doesn't get better. I'm can, sorry. Can I ask? Do, do you guys ever, when you do like a really big sneeze, get pain? Yes. <laughs> I was just going to say that. The sneezing, like the pulling of muscles when you sneeze. Yeah. Yeah. Put my shoulder out the other day from a sneeze. I immediately think the worst, like I've got some terminal illness or something. Because why would a sneeze hurt that bad? Because you're like, you do a big sneeze, then you sort of keeled over in a ball and you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It gets bad. It gets bad after 30. I felt like a little pain in my hand the other day. I'm like, well, that's it. It's been a good run. <laughs> yep. See you later. Yeah, Thirty. That's that's nothing to frown about, you know. Ninety years or so ago, that's that's sort of uh, a good, that was a good, good innings. innings. <laughs> Thirty. So uh, yeah, let's see if we can keep bucking that trend. Mm. But um, I guess we could sort of segue nicely into maybe talking about some things that we've been doing, anything we've been playing. We want to mention. Uh, I want to mention something I've watched. I didn't play a huge amount of stuff this week, but um, now that you are the the special co-host in this episode, Mister Cruz. Oh. 
do you want to do you want to enlighten us to maybe some things that you've been playing anything you want to want to bring to the table yeah um i have i hadn't been playing a lot lately like i think um i was i 2019 was like a bad year of gaming for me like i just I, like i struggled to get through a lot of things like i started so many i bought all of like the big releases but i just didn't finish any of them like didn't finish days gone didn't finish death stranding dmc like there's like four or five games even borderlands 3 like i didn't get through i only finished like rage control jedi like a few others so i've been sort of struggling to get into some stuff and i hadn't played anything really since jedi and i'm a big advocate for the old game is old type thing like i don't generally like to go back and play older games one because I, I don't know there's just you can just tell the progression as time goes on like how things mm-hmm. get better um and it kind of makes it weird and, and also don't want to like ruin like i've i've ruined like i've had games i'm like that's one of my favorite games of all time and i've gone back and played it like um you remember star wars bounty hunter on Love that like game. ps2 I loved that game growing up. I thought it was an absolute masterpiece. Anyway, they've re-released it. On, you can get it on PS4 now, and I've gone back to try and play it. And I'm just like, wow, this is terrible. Just um, tainted that memory. Yeah. Um, Final Fantasy X, same thing happened. Like That was like an all-time favorite, and I went back, and I was just like, oh, these characters are insufferable. Um, <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I generally don't like to go back and play old games, but... As I'm sure a lot of people did when the Witcher series came out on Netflix, I went, I started Witcher three again, jumped back in and um, and played that, and damn, what a fantastic game! What a, it is a it's beauty. Just, oh, it's just so good. Have you um? Do you play one and two, or was three sort of your first dive in? Like a lot of people, it seems they've sort of just skipped the first two and just went straight into the third. Yeah, yeah, the three. Yeah, so I did a lot of like watching like the YouTube videos recapping before playing Witcher three and. All, a lot of it like didn't make sense. I'm like, oh yeah, all these characters. I, I kind of got the gist of what was going on, and um, but I still just when you started Witcher three, I still kind of had like no idea what was going on. Mm. But then um, I after watching the series now, and you get introduced to like full Test and all these other characters, and um, like pivotal things that happen like in the Witcher world, and then going and watching those videos again and seeing how like the TV series ties in with the like the ga- like the games and the books and then starting Witcher 3 I'm like ah oh, starting it again I'm like this all of this makes so much more sense now like I have a yeah. real like I guess grounding in this world and it just made it a lot more enjoyable like talking to people and him having conversations with people about stuff that's happened in the past and I'm just like oh yeah I kind of have like a, a slight knowledge of that and the connection between these people and so yeah I enjoy jumping it's just a, it's just an awesome game it's just one of the all-time great games I think I think an important question that everyone would want to know mm. is: Did you get any uh, raw dog and done down at the grotto? At the grotto. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did you did you pleasure many many people on your Witcher three journey? Uh, I I um I'm a big fan of Kira Metz. Uh, I think she's uh you know I I would pick her over Yen and Triss. Um, <gasps> and on my first playthrough. Yeah, I know. Controversial. On my first playthrough, I I, I slept with Kira, um, and I was like, this this playthrough, I'm like, oh, I'm I have a sort of a, a general memory of how I went about things, and I know that you can choose to kill Kira, and I'm like, I'm gonna try and do things a bit differently, just see how they play out, and but I still banged her this time. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the Witcher code, I think. You know, yeah. you're slaying monsters and. And um, yeah, just raw dogging. It's, it's. I love how he's like the at the end of it. He's just like like the the um the different 
like dialogue options you have with her is like one of them's just like I can't believe we fucked ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, Geralt oh uh, good old he, Geralt he, he doesn't go backwards by going forwards does he he's, he's, no, he's a man he, of few words but you've exactly. got to love that character absolutely and the other thing I started playing this week was um, Bioshock they, obviously the Bioshock collection was just released on PS Plus and same thing jump back in was a bit sort of because I remember playing it originally back in like 2013 and um you know, I loved it. Loved that game. Like fell in love. But there was a few things I'm like, it was a bit controls were a bit clunky and a few different other things. And I thought uh, I was really worried about jumping back into this. I thought, oh, this is not gonna. I'm not gonna enjoy this. It's gonna be weird and clunky. But no, still, still an amazing game. I'm really impressed. And same again. Like I think I'm enjoying it more this time around. Kind of like knowing what Rapture and everything's all about, and listening to the audio tapes and stuff, starting to make a lot, a lot of sense. Kind of knowing the the journey that you go on through the game. So. What an awesome game. What a fantastic... Uh, that just, trilogy, like, all for free, including the oh. remasters and the, the graphical enhancements and everything else. Like, they are they are up there. Like, you talked about The Witcher 3 being, like, one of the best games of this mm. generation slash potentially all time. Mm. I think, especially Bioshock 1 and 2. Infinite was great too, but 1 and 2 are so beautiful and so well done and expertly crafted yeah. and yeah. i love that world i haven't gone back and played the collection i've got it on steam but also just grabbed it on ps plus the other day too yeah oh, man they're, they're just heavenly games yeah. miss hart what do you Definitely. reckon are you are you going to go back and, and pick these up i know you, you're not really playing any consoles or i think you even said you might not even have consoles in your house anymore not really so, no, uh, no, the, no free bioshock collection for you the playstation's the one that really shat itself so um that really oh, no. yeah it was it was pretty bad i was like halfway into what was i playing i was playing something very significant and then it just died on me i'm like well <laughs> um so bioshock kagura <laughs> yeah probably water splash party or whatever it is the yeah. you know super soaker one <laughs> dream daddy but the witcher 3 i've actually got to experience like like watching someone else play and i gotta say i'm really like I'm, i think i might actually get into the witcher 3 because i'm liking a lot of characters that you have conversations with especially the trolls i absolutely adore the trolls and they're they're, good. <laughs> they're broken like you know sentence structures and how they like interpret words and so i i actually might pick up the witcher 3 and give that a playthrough because you still haven't played any of the witcher games have you no i've never Not played one. yeah <laughs> i'm about to lose my gamer card because i've never played a witcher and i've <laughs> never played a bioshock oh wow yeah they're, they're they're two pretty pretty big tentpole franchises and and yeah the witcher that universe is just one of the most fully fleshed out and realized universes mm. in gaming, I think. Especially three, like every single NPC you meet has got a backstory and they're different yeah. to the person you met just before down the road. Like uh, City Project Red did phenomenal with that and I can't wait to see what they do in this this next retelling with, with Cyberpunk in mm. the future and how they flesh that out and, oh. and how uh, sexy robot Keanu Reeves goes, so... Yeah, I don't know if it's a spoiler. So, but um, on my watch through of The Witcher Three, Siri actually like alludes to cyberpunk. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Like, there, yeah, when he, she does, she talks about like how she travels through the worlds and she goes to this like metal world where everything's cybernetic and that. So, mm-hmm. I, I guarantee there'll be a like an Easter egg somewhere, or she'll have a cameo in the game. Like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's 100%. so cool. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait for later this year. 
Um, yep. Miss Hart, I see you've been playing a game we've sort of talked about on and off. Yeah. Uh, one that I've, I've had a little bit of experience with. Yeah, surprisingly. Um, I'm actually really surprised that you played a game like this because I'm not too sure if it was ever a game that you would play or likely play. But I actually finally got my hands on Graveyard Keeper on PC. Now, I want to give a thank you to uh, Nabu Yoshi from Game Sushi Podcast to actually shot through a message on Discord saying, hey, um, it's a part of Humble Bundle. I already have it. Um, you know, so here's a code if you just want to install it. And Sweet. Well, I forgot that we had Humble Bundle in our household. So um, <laughs> th- uh, either way, it was a blessing because now I knew that we actually had a copy. So just a special thank you. And I finally played it. And... I get the Stardew vibes, like the whole like daily tasks, getting to know people and doing all that sort of business. But I've got to say, it's a rough slog trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing. It really doesn't tell you much, does it? It doesn't. And I don't know how many times I had to Google, how am I supposed to do this? Where are my tasks listed? What is this? And what is that? How do I save? Like, it's... Uh, I got very frustrated at the beginning in regards to just finding my way in the game and finding how to make certain tools, certain crafting. Um, You know, usually there's some kind of process, some kind of structure that you can follow. So then you can basically get the grasp Mm -hmm. of other things. But I felt like with this one, it was just all over the place. So it's like it was hard to kind of identify like what was the best like task for you to focus on to then lead on to other opportunities and to open either up, you know, items, like maps or whatever. So is it like purposefully obtuse or is it just bad game design? I think it's bad game design because Mm. on the level of like how everyone has compared it to like Stardew, I, it could have the exact same format. Like I don't see why it wasn't kind of set out the same unless that's like a, you know, like a copyright or some kind of interest. But I mean, Stardew was mm. like Harvest Moon. So, and it's all got yep. the same kind of flow. I just feel like with Graveyard Keeper, maybe they just missed a few steps or, or they thought mm. that maybe, maybe it was self-explanatory. Um, I mean, <laughs> some of us still need the safety wheels on our bicycles. So True. it was, it was a little unfortunate. It was a little deterring, but in saying that I got really damn addicted to, um, like just fixing up my graveyard <laughs> and desecrating <laughs> bodies and things like that. Yeah, and then I, but that was the other thing. I like the donk. Oh, this is going to sound so funny to no one familiar with the game. The donkey kept on <laughs> dropping off dead bodies, and I'd be like, "Of course, oh, as as donkeys do." Um, mm. And then I'd go to do an autopsy, and then as you start to educate yourself and open more, you know, like tech tree kind of stuff. You can then go from taking human meat to then taking their skull, their bones, their blood, their fat. But yeah. then in doing so, you like the body loses its like how valuable it is or yeah. and, loses its luster. Yeah. And then, <laughs> because you're just picking picking the good parts out of it. Exactly. What do you then, think of the little the little skull companion you've got that guides you through some of the stuff you know the little jerry skull that pops up yeah jerry that's right yeah jerry is pretty useless for someone that's meant to be your guide um so far the only thing he's really instructed me to do is to give him both beer and wine um Mm. with very half-assed guidance i think there's going to be some turning point in the story because he like 
does he's not familiar with who he is like he's kind of got amnesia so I feel like there's going to be some story turning point where he's going to be very he, he was someone very um important but um I am probably going to keep playing it because <laughs> I'm a slight <laughs> level of addiction I just hope that I've hit, I hit a point because I finally opened the church. I hope that that's a turning point in the game where it just everything kind of starts to unravel and it just starts to make sense and it becomes, you know, that fine like mechanism that comes with these kind of games where you're like, cool, I wake up, I plant trees, I do this, I do that. Or else, yeah, if, if it doesn't make sense, then I might have to just drop it. Yeah, the, the story mm. starts to open up a little bit once once that church comes more into play and, and you start to see some of the, the, the townsfolk and, and their ulterior motives and seeing a little bit of darkness around the community. It's it's good fun. Like, I, never, I haven't finished the game, but mm. I've, I've progressed further than that and yet it certainly does become less monotonous and less uh, about, yeah, as you said, those daily farm routines and more about getting engrossed in what's happening around the township which is which is kind of cool no i don't give a shit about the story (laughs) i never do (laughs) i never do i just want to have my like shit sorted and have the best looking graveyard in the world or you know the best like have that fine oil machine exactly right (laughs) like i need i need that kind of like justification in my life that i have something (laughs) i have something that's actually working out pretty well um i also hate um traversing the map I hate how fucking long it takes me to get to town. It is a mess. It It is is a mess. I got lost so many times trying to remember how to get to certain parts of the the map to go see certain people and things. And it was really, really frustrating. Yeah. It's a shame. Mm. Because I think if those like those little like, and it seems very simple things that you could have just like knocked out or fixed. um, If those things were taken into consideration, I probably would be really, really into this game. But, you know, Mm. you have those little, Mm. you know, negatives in your head so it's hard to give it like that full gusto yeah Mm. speaking of full gusto i gave mine in apex Legends season four this past week and my god i have gotten even shitter at that game (coughs) (laughs) (laughs) it is it is something obviously uh revenant is the the new playable character hidden behind a paywall of course uh but yeah, jumped in this week uh, with season four debuting. Mm-hmm. Love the game. Love some of the the map change ups and some of the the different sort of spins on areas that used to be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Still love the concept, like three v three battle royale. You know, Apex and Respawn. They've they've done really well. The game's great, but man, my my aim and shooting ability just gets worse and worse. It feels like as the days <laughs> tick by. And the sneezes what are you playing start on? to impede. I'm I'm playing on PC, but I've got mm. it on I've got it on everything, so I can play on everything. And t- I've been playing on PC predominantly with the controller. Oh, you play, but it just feels nice. And I've got the elite controller, so you've got like the extra toggles yeah. on the back, so mm-hmm. you can map your buttons, so you can kind of lessen the strategic advantage of keyboard mouse players a little bit, a little bit. But my mm. aim is just so bad but revenant is such a cool character his his abilities like he's obviously this this cyborg assassin that for anyone that's seen the the trailers and what have you this week but his his sort of ultimate abilities you can drop this death totem so uh, if you get felled in combat with this thing active you don't actually die you go back to the totem and sort of respawn or regenerate in a way and you can go back into battle so you get another hmm. another pass at everything um, and, and his movement style is a little bit quicker he can traverse walls quicker and faster and things like that so he's he's a nice run and gun type of player 
And I unlocked this other character. I didn't even know this guy got released. And I think we ever talked about on the podcast called Crypto. He's yeah. this sort of like Asian y- Yakuza guy mm-hmm. that I never even heard of until I jumped in the game. And he's got this little little drone that can cruise around and, and survey the area, which I thought was cool. But then I bought him and you actually have to man the drone. I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm. Okay. So now it takes me out of the game and I'm just squirting around with a little, little drone camera doing nothing. So I used him for about mm. three rounds and went, yeah, I regret this purchase. Uh, very much so. <laughs> Uh, so he's back on the bench, but it's just good fun. You guys, I know, Miss Hart, you were talking about getting back into into Apex. Cruzy, I know you dabbled a bit on the PlayStation when it first came out, right? Uh, no, I never. No, I was a big blackout. I was, I like, like on the, the on the cods, on the cods. Yeah, so that's like my my only real dabbling in the um, battle royale space. But I just the thing with that is, is that. I got so addicted to Blackout that I like it was like the game I played the most in like 2018 and like early 2019. Like I just was like I just loved it. I just I was like game after game after game after game after game. And I, I like I look at Apex. I'm like, man, that looks cool. I want to try it, but I know it would just take over my life. And I don't know if I have the, I could commit to something like that at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 good for that that pick up put down because you can finish games you know sub 10 minutes. So it's not going to mm. be a massive time consumer, <laughs> but getting good as that's mm. where where it hurts like where you would just be playing on the reg all day every yeah. day to try and try and get up there but i want to keep persistent i want to get better and get some get some season four wins under my belt uh, we mm. made it to like final three a couple of times this week but even that was like a tough slog like i was on edge the entirety of the game my heart's beating out of my chest <laughs> i had these runs where i just either couldn't find a gun or i couldn't find ammo for the gun that i had mm-hmm. so mm. a couple of battles i had i had like 10 bullets left in a clip once or twice and this is like mid game and i'd run out of bullets so then i'm just sort of trying to shimmy and dodge my way to them to melee them to death <laughs> and it never worked but my god it added some like well, it took some years off my life playing it but yeah they're, they're doing really well i like these this character uh this revenant yeah crypto on the bus but oh. the other guys that are available yeah pretty cool mm-hmm. you're gonna get in on it this week miss hart yeah, I definitely am. I've just been like a little bit like preoccupied this week, unfortunately. Um, but I definitely want to jump into it next week. I've been watching a lot of streams, been watching a lot of people play. So uh, Snowbike Mike um, from the kind of funny community. Snowbike Mike. Yeah. So he was playing it. So um, I mean, he's good at it. So <laughs> it's really hard to learn of people that are just, you know, pretty damn good at the game. But I'm yeah. definitely going to jump on it next week. I, I think practice... I remember from school, practice makes permanent, they used to say. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Practice that's, uh, makes permanent? That's, yeah, that's what my maths teacher used to say. I thought it was because perfect. Because you, you practice, yeah, but like, I guess she didn't believe in perfection or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Hill, her name was. So, practice makes permanent. As in, practice all the time, it gets embedded in your mind, you remember it. Type of thing, so. yeah, that's- Mrs. Hill dealing out, dealing out that, that knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when I finished complete aside here but yeah she was my year 10 maths teacher but 11 and 12 i had to do it in another school went to the other school and her husband mr hill was my maths teacher at the other school for oh, no and 12. yep and he was a volunteer firefighter so sometimes when we didn't want to do maths a couple of people in the class used to call up and make fake fire complaints so he'd have to run away and then we wouldn't have maths <laughs> yeah oh, oh, I, I know in this were day and age that's a bit more sensitive but back then we were fire free so, at, uh, at least mm. it was a f- fake call-in and not yeah, other people weren't starting fires. <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. gonna burn down the school yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, mrs and mr hill 
Legends. All right, so um, I guess we could talk about what we've been watching. I might lead this off. I went and watched Birds of Prey uh, that, mm. that dropped this past Ooh. week, obviously. The fantabulous emancipation of the one Harley Quinn. Yeah, it was, it was all right. Um, mm. there's, there's a lot of people reviewing this saying it's like one of the best DC movies made and, and it's like it's it's fantabulous taking a word straight out of the title like mm. i see a lot of eight out of tens and things like that and i didn't hit those notes for me like mm. i enjoyed what i was presented with that was mm. nice and vibrant and and funny and tongue-in-cheek and it had a really cracking pace and characters were great like uh margot robbie as harley quinn fantastic in that role mm. and also ewan mcgregor playing black mask he was he owned it he committed to that role one million percent so i love what they did with the the two sort of leads on the protagonist and the antagonist side but overall it didn't really have a huge amount of substance for me mm-hmm. um mm. outside of the the visuals and the that rapid fire dialogue and some real heavy injections of violence and coarse language like it's clear they've went you know what deadpool can succeed in this space let's try and make the dc deadpool so there's a lot of mm. fourth wall breaking a lot of swearing a lot of blood a lot of bone breakage uh, just to try and make it a bit more of an adult uh, superhero or a comic comic book gratuitous movie. violence yeah um, it was it was it was a good movie overall like it's a good popcorn film but mm. yeah five six out of ten I'd say and like yeah I'd still recommend watching it but yeah I don't think you should believe the hype of all this phenomenally uh, positive reviews that are going out like from a from a pure visual perspective it was was a great watch but yeah there just wasn't really any depth to it and some of the some of the editing choices were really bizarre like there was some noticeable cuts in a few scenes where they'd reference a character and then all of a sudden that character's gone like it doesn't really like that's not a spoiler but just weird parts where you sort of get disconnected from them and go hang on that makes no sense that's completely Mm. different to what was just going on like very bizarre thought processes there, but Kathy Yan and, and Margot Robbie were director and producer on this, and it's it's a hell of a ride. And and they're quick to to talk about like to poo poo Joker, and there's no Jared Leto. Uh, there's a lot of references to the Joker, and and they sort of talk about their breakup right off the jump to talk about this is a you know I guess a finding yourself film for Harley Quinn, but yeah, I don't know, man, and 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 woman, I just. Uh, yeah, I think I was expecting more, maybe? Or yeah. was I? I don't know. Like, all the trailers they released for this movie made me go, ugh. Like, I mm. I had no interest in this film. So, hearing everyone being like, oh, it's an eight. It's pretty good. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you're lying. Like, it yeah. might be okay, yeah. but it's not, you know, what you guys are reviewing it. Like, mm. um. Do you think it's a bit of like at the risk of being controversial with these sorts of reviews, these types of movies, a bit of virtue signaling? It's a bit of like we have to like this movie because it's a, you know a predominantly a female, female lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like we can't poo poo this because otherwise we're like you know people are sort of almost scared to give a correct opinion on it or a, an honest opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there's a bit of that to be honest. Like like mm-hmm. it is a very strong pro female cast and and the mm. performances by by all the actors and actresses involved in the film, you know, they all were committed. Like you couldn't really see anyone mailing it in except maybe Ali Wong of all people. She's in it as like a DA, that's a little bit part, but it, she sort of just seemed like she just rolled in for a paycheck 
uh, and rolled mm. out. But everyone else was really great. Like Margot Robbie was good. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was good. Uh, Journey, who played uh, Black Canary, and everyone else, they, they were like they they were given it one hundred and ten percent. But I don't know, it just had no real depth to it. Like they tried to mm. to flesh out some of these characters and add a little bit more weight, but it was just the first act was really sluggish. The the sort of final act really comes together and there's some cool set pieces where the, the birds of prey, you could almost say, come as one and, and do some pretty cool stuff. But uh, it's it's the first act was just a bit weird and disjointed for me. Mm. Yeah, okay. I just, I think that like for me personally, there was just too many things that like kind of rubbed me the wrong way about that movie way earlier on and it just, it never got better. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some cool little Easter eggs, and um, it is probably leaps and bounds better than Suicide Squad. Uh, probably I don't know <laughs> if that's saying much or saying yeah. little, but I enjoyed I, it a lot more than Suicide Squad. I never watched the Suicide Squad when it came out because everyone sort of seemingly hated it. And about a month ago or something, I was just sort of flicking through Netflix. I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna watch it because I've not been able to get into like I say like say any of the real like the DC you movies like amanda still was bleh, whatever um haven't watched batman vs superman haven't watched justice league wonder woman i thought was boring as batshit um <laughs> yeah and i just couldn't get into it i'm like this movie's boring i'm like i don't know like it's boring i know they're gonna come for me now i know but um <laughs> movie's boring i watched suicide squad and i'm like okay this is not a great movie by any stands but it's not terrible like the joke like there was some things in it that were bad but like overall i thought like this is a fine like okay solid six movie like it's a solid six thank you and it's not like some people like poo-poo this movie like it was like the worst and i think it was probably like the hype coming into it Mm -hmm. like new joker like there's a lot of there's a lot of expectation that comes with those with that character specifically you put that character in a movie you better fucking nail it because that's an iconic character that's like it's like joker and darth vader like those are the two like villains in pop culture so if you're going to use those characters, you better fucking nail it. And they, they, he, he was the by far the worst part of the movie. But I thought the rest of it was fine. I'm like, this is a fine like dumb action flick. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like a Michael Bay like I can sit here and and not have to think too deeply. And there's some cool effects and there's some cool punchlines and and that's the end of it. Yeah, and like, and that's what I've always said about Suicide Squad is that yeah, it's it's not a fucking masterpiece. It's not like mm. high quality film, but it's entertaining there's a lot of things that they get wrong but for the most part you know there's a good amount of interesting characters you know Mm. maybe all right action but for the most part it's a good dumb action movie yeah i I feel like people really like held that film to a high standard because of the joker piece Mm -hmm. and you know if we all remember when they first revealed that joker like there was so like you know it was people were the internet was split it was mm-hmm. like some people loved it. This is so cool. Look at this new age sort of Joker. He's got tats and this, that, and the other, and he's real freaky looking. And some people were like, "What the fuck is this?" He's got grills. Um, yeah, and and yeah, he was bad. He was so bad. Like I was really just because I love the Joker. The Joker, I think, is one of the great characters ever. And there's been so many. If you think about like, like all the portrayals, like from Mark Hamill to Nicholson to fucking Ledger, know, Ledger, like you know phoenix now like i you know you look at that and you go yeah they they fucked that it's 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 tough too because 
I think just about everybody knows how how good an actor Jared Leto is yeah, or can be, he's a and yet great actor. What they gave him, and also you hear the rumors that they cut an absolute boatload of scenes out that he actually did as the Joker mm. in Suicide Squad. Uh, just mm. really then delivered this watered down interpretation that yeah. was just there. And as you said, like the the things that everyone remembers, it's the 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 smile tattoo on his hand mm. or yeah the stupid grills yeah oh, like yeah. like i love i love jared leto and i, I think he probably could have yeah. done a lot with that character but they just gave him next to nothing to work with it seemed they like gave him but a chance that was just yeah. those characters in that whole movie in general like they didn't really flesh out anybody a lot of them got no. a really short cutaway given a bit of backstory and then it's just yeah quips yeah. and <laughs> a bit of violence and yeah a bit mm. of sort of uh, distrust between the group and keep on yeah. rolling either yeah. way we're, we've got a new suicide squad coming up um with like uh, what's his name yeah. gun james gun yeah. yeah james gun so i mean Gun is back let's uh i've got my fingers toes anything that can possibly be crossed crossed as a sad sad dc fan on this end i've just i really hope he knocks us <laughs> out of the park i have yeah. i have a lot of faith in james gun like the guardian of the galaxy movies are magnificent um and what he did with those and those like characters that no one no one gives a no one gave a fuck about rocket raccoon Mm -hmm. or Groot or star lord (laughs) before those movies and he made them household names and he made people fall in love with them and like if he can do that with those characters who no one's ever heard of then he's you know what he can do with established characters in you know i'm really excited to see here fucking I'm, here. I'm just curious what they're gonna do with with this because it's it's like a soft reboot but like it's it's been confirmed like margot robbie's back apparently like yeah. will smith's back on the line but some of the others are going to he's out shuffle. he's isn't, out isn't, isn't jamie is fox gone? in yeah jamie i'm pretty sure it's jamie fox is in for will smith now oh damn but um so i don't mind that i love me some fox oh uh, flip yeah. the guy who played captain boomerang yeah. Oh, he, the Aussie guy. Yeah, he's back Jai, in. Jai Courtney. Yeah. Yeah. He's back yeah. in. He was good. I liked him in... I don't know whether that's a bit of like, oh, I like seeing Australians in American films, but um, no, I, I liked him in there. Yeah, I thought he was good. I thought he was a good part of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. From Karambara. <laughs> but um, yeah, doubling back, are you guys in any rush or are you going to go out and try and see Birds of Prey at the cinemas? Or nah. are you going to wait till DVD or I'll watch on Netflix stream? in like three years. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll probably, it'll probably be second fiddle because Sonic's coming out soon. So I'll prioritize Gosh, you know, that. You know, that's, it's tough sledding when Sonic gets priority over. <laughs> I, I know you're a big Sonic fan, like, and it's like Sonic's, Sonic's your gaming truth. But mm-hmm. like when, when that gets priority over uh, Birds of Prey, you know, the, the world's are changing. Yikes. <laughs> I want my hedgehog, not my birds. <laughs> that's it that's it but yeah it's like if anyone's a dc fan it's it's a good feast for the senses at the very least some good laughs some some cool fight scenes but just i don't know it's just a bit of a weirdly paced ride and i i expected more i came out of it happy but i expected more because i'm selfish mm. i don't know mm. <sighs> birds of prey birds <laughs> of prey so miss hart i mm. want to ask you checked out some good place this week. I did. I did on recommendation. So I'm like, okay, let's load it up. Let's give, give it, it a go. go. Holy shit. It's such a good show. It is so It really nice. is, isn't it? It is so nice. It's such a good, like, uh, like a palate cleanser. Wholesome. Like, it's wholesome. Yeah. Like, 
I like which like the angle that it's going in at the moment, and I like that nothing's forced. It's just easy going. It's flowy, and I like it. Like I can see why this is such a popular show. So um, mm. I'm all on board. I'm probably gonna watch this till the end. Yeah, nice. Four great seasons. Kristen Bell is just a little dream, and uh, Ted Danson. Love is Ted Danson. It, is it really by the same guy that did Parks and Rec? That I'm not even sure. Good of. Question. I think that's what I read. Um, because if that was if that is the case, then that should have just been the nail on the head for me. Like, if someone just mm. said, "Oh, it's the same person that does like Parks and Rec," then. But I mean, it's got yeah, the, yeah it's yep. got the same kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah so Michael Sure. Yeah, so that should have just been it for me. Name. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for the recommendations. So I'm all on board. That's mm, what I like to hear. And Cruzy. You've been watching yes. a few things. I, I'm still late to the sex education meeting, uh, probably in more ways than one, I guess. Um, Zing. Se- season two obviously dropped, what, a yep. couple of weeks ago? Are you, are you up to yep. date? You watching season two? Uh, I'm about halfway through. Um, it's more sex ed from like same as season one. Like, great. Like, I loved the first season of sex education. I thought it was like amazing. Um Really loved it. Really enjoying it. Really liking these characters. Really liking like where this this um, season is going. Um, there's still like like I, I I love this show. Like it's probably one of my favorite shows I've, I've watched. But there's still there's also a part of me that's like seeing like 16 year old kids like having sex and stuff i'm like there's something that's a bit like this is quite graphic there's a yeah. lot of like you know i'm like these kids are in high school it's like this is bordering on like i'm like i'm not sure how this is allowed to be on television <laughs> how do i feel about same, this <laughs> yeah but at the same time it's a great show so there's not a lot of that stuff it's generally just like all of the sex scenes generally take place at the start of the episode and that kind of like it's kind of like the monster of the week type thing mm. like there's, you know, there's the characters and what they have going on in their lives, but then there's always generally like a central thing that the guy's trying to fix or whatever, and it starts, yeah. So, but no, it's good, great show. Um, I finished off you season two, which I loved almost as much as season one, and I really loved season one. Um, it's so great, and the the second season, you think it's going to collapse under all the melodrama that it creates, mm. but yet it somehow stays afloat and churns out a full season with a, a clear beginning and end. Yeah, and a potential open door for a three, but yeah, yeah, it was um, it was a ride. It was something it was something. I, I'll jump. I really, man, I I I was I was really unsure how they were going to go about this. How like you know at the end of season one when like the ex girlfriend comes back into it, spoilers I guess. Um, and then, <laughs> and then allegedly, um, <laughs> allegedly, uh, and like how see, I, I just love how that like I was like untru- how are they going to do this? How are they going to make another season of this show? Like how are they going to make this work? And they just nailed it. And like they turned Joe like like you kind of root for Joe a little bit in the first season, but you feel real dirty about it. Like you feel sort of you're like oh you know all this stuff's happening, and I can kind of see how you know he could just murder all her friends and stuff. Like of course, um, but then like at the end you're like no he's just a bad dude. Like he's a bad guy, but. The se- like all of season two, he's like he's trying, like he's trying so hard to be a good guy, and like all this stuff's happening, and and like and the, it's and season two is actually like really funny, like they made it funny, like there's stuff that would go wrong, and he's like, how did he find himself in this situation? And he's like, no, 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 like all these things happening, and and you really do start rooting for this guy because you kind of see like he's just kind, he's just fucked up, 
he's just a fucked up he's had a fucked up childhood he's had a like he's just a dude who's just a product of his environment and he's like he genuinely wants to just love like that's his like main goal is just to be in love and he is just finds himself in like getting himself deeper and deeper in these bad situations and he just wants to be good and he wants to be in a relationship and he wants to love and um and the way that like the twists and stuff in this show and like it was just yeah it was great i loved it i loved it so that was real fun uh, and then I watched that mini, the Dracula miniseries, oh. which I know you have some thoughts on. Brando. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, uh, I, I didn't even persist through the entire first episode, so I don't. Oh, know. really? I don't know how you feel about that three hours of life you lost. Um, I, I would, I want the forty odd minutes of time I watched back. It was, it felt like the neighbors down the road filmed this on a twenty dollar budget. <laughs> and oh, really? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I love me some Dracula, and I love sort of. Mm. those those monster stories but mm-hmm. this thing just didn't resonate with me at all it just felt really poorly done the, the acting was just i couldn't work out if it was trying to be serious or trying to be very self-aware with almost the overacting it felt like in certain parts in that first episode really? and the cgi was janky and the the practical effects were were pretty cheaply done i don't know maybe i was just in the wrong mood at the time when i was watching it but i, I was like so, oh, yeah fucking click i'm done <laughs> Yeah. Look, it was an interesting ride. Like, I, I was like, I oh, yeah, this series, like, I've seen people talking about it. And, like, I flicked it on. I'm like, oh, it's three episodes. They're, like, an hour and a half each. I'm like, I can bust this out in, like, a day. Um, and I... St- is that a bad... <laughs> is that a bad analogy? And so, yeah, started the... F- and, like, I, I really dug the first and second episodes. Like, I liked that take on it. I liked the like the characters. I liked the, you know, the nun kind of character who, like... I won't spoil it, but she turns, she's actually someone who like, you know, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Um, so like the take on that character. Um, and yeah, like I thought it was like really like, I, I really, I enjoyed the first, like the first episode, you're kind of building this world of like what Dracula is to these people and, and his rules that he has and, you know, all these different things. And, and then like the second episode, like is, I mean, I, I won't go into spoilers, but it's kind of like, he's moving to a different kind of area. Yeah, he's on his and, way and to London, sort of, like like, yeah. like the story goes. And I think that yeah, was my exactly. problem. I couldn't... I had a real hard time disconnecting from Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman and Keanu Reeves and yeah. Winona Ryder from like the early 90s, which yeah. is still one of the most perfect tellings of the Dracula story, in my opinion. And because yeah. this show follows those same beats, I was just like, I can't do it. I can't do yeah. it. I got to stop. So I haven't seen Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, you um, need to. It's it's a long yeah, movie, so, but it is phenomenal. It's a slog. Yeah, so I guess that's probably that's probably why like I haven't uh, like I, I didn't have that I guess that preconceived idea of what the movie or the, what the show could be. So I kind of like the take that they had on that. And yeah, I guess traveling like the the first episode is establishing Dracula and like who he is and what he's doing and why and well not even why but just like that he's Dracula basically. And the second episode is he's traveling to you know to London and then. The third episode, like I'm not familiar with Bram Stoker's telling, but the third episode kind of just flips everything on its head, and I was really excited for the th- like when the third episode started. I was like, "Holy fuck, this is gonna be sick!" Like this now, like this, um, like the way that they kind of like flip the script. I'm like, "This is gonna be really cool." To see what they do with this, and I feel like they just bombed it in the third episode. Ooh. I was so bored. Like I was like, "This is boring as shit." I was just flicking around on my phone. I'm like, "Oh yeah," and like. The, I feel like I didn't... I feel like I could have just watched 
the first like five minutes of the last episode and the last five minutes, and that would I wouldn't need to watch any of the filler of in between. Like it was, it was bad. Like the third episode was bad, and it kind of killed it for me because I really enjoyed the first and second episodes. Because um, I'm saying oh, I love some Dracula. I think Dracula is like a really cool character, and like you know, there's a lot of mythos around that mm-hmm. sort of you know guy. So yeah, I was disappointed with how it ended, but I really enjoyed what I got out of the first and second episode. Okay, yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna go back, but yeah. Go, go check out Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like it is a long movie, but it's it's really well done. And and seeing a young like Keanu is probably forty years old at the time when he made this movie, but he still looks like he does today. Like he, I reckon he might actually be Dracula. Who knows? Like he doesn't age this fella. It um, could be but, a vampire. Yeah, no, that could that would make a lot of sense. But yeah, him, it's Gary a good Oldman, cast. Yeah, Harry Elwes. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, it's a phenomenal yeah. film. Um, what was it? Was it ninety two? Something like that, maybe. 92, yeah. Pluck that Very out good. of my ass. What? <laughs> or what, what? How am I going to watch this? Is this? It's not on Netflix or anything, is it? it? It'd have to be on a streaming service for sure. I think it's on like Google Play or some bullshit. I have to pay $3 for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> All right. So we've been playing and watching a lot. So uh, I guess we might keep this show, show moving. And a quick bit of housekeeping. Obviously, at time of recording, it is February the 8th. But February the 10th, is uh, April day. We're not going to go into spoilers in case accidentally release this episode a little bit early. But uh, February 10th, as you are hopefully listening to it on the Monday, we're going to have a heap of new content releasing. We've got four new podcasts, new content creators, new uh, dreams and ideas and directions for the Patreon, as well as a heap of other cool stuff. So uh, thank you in advance for checking out all the stuff on April day. But get hyped because 2020 is going to be quite the fun roller coaster. But let's get into some news. This week's news headlines. All right. Some small bites. The first one. Season two of The Mandalorian fights its way onto Disney Plus this coming October. Mm. I am excited. Cruzy, Miss Hart, are you guys equally excited for some more Mandalorian? Some more uh, The Child? Yeah, of course. I'm surprised we're getting it so quickly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, people hungry for it. Hungry for. It. I'm. I'm guessing we're getting it really quick too, because obviously the the roaring success of it for one, but also just some of the slippages that Disney Plus have put on some of the other shows. That they've got a few of the the MCU popping up on on there this year, but a few of the others have been pushed back. So maybe mm. they're just trying to fill out that slate. And mm. yeah, mm. another eight ish episodes of the Mandalorian. I'm assuming uh, Pedro Pascal and the crew. I'm keen as been. I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited, but I'm also terrified. So there was something that um, on the earnings call, um, uh, Mr. Iger, um, sort of the the um, the boss, Robert Iger, the the Disney boss, he said like he just mentioned a couple of things. That just I'm just like, oh, don't fuck with this because first season is just so pure. Like, um, Favreau was just al- allowed to do what he wanted. He didn't need to pencil, like, shoehorn in any of the, like, any, like, you know, there was no, there's no real, like, est- established characters shoehorn into the show. It was all fresh. It was all new. He was just allowed to tell his own story. Mm. But I guess said a couple of things, um, in the earnings call. He's like, that spin offs are a possibility and that they'll probably utilize more familiar Star Wars characters and this kind of thing. So I just think that they're going to go this, they're going to say this, they're going, oh, this, the great success of this show. And they're just going to be like, all right, we need to get 
every single Star Wars character into this show and we need a spin-off for this, we need to have that, we need to get this character in and it's just going to turn into a shit show. And I think I think they should I think they've got something really good and really pure and they should just let it be what it is and let it tell its story, but I just I can just see like next season like episode 1 we're going to have like X established character and we're like oh and there's Bosk and there's Zuckus and like and it's like oh, really like do we really need that to happen um so I'm worried like I'm I just hope they just let Favreau tell his story and let him do like his thing with this show and and do it how he sees fit but I can see them being like cash grab let's make the Mandalorian a you know a Mandalorian CU kind of thing mm. yeah like um I I have some similar fears like I think with what Favreau was able to do with season one and, and just knowing, I guess, his previous track record with, with various franchises and universes, he's, he's got a knack for, for storytelling. So I'm hoping they just let him keep steering this Mandalorian ship the right way. Yeah, there will be, mm. I think, some introductions to characters will, that will then spin off into their own, but they are already working on the guy his, his name escapes me but the the pilot from rogue one he's getting his own show it's yeah. in development at the moment so yep. maybe they're going to sort of uh loosen the reins on on trying to to pump Cassius out too many too many sort of um fresh spin-offs off the back mm. of that star wars universe because we mm. do have a lot of content coming and uh no and another fresh trilogy and everything else on its way on the big screen and games and merchandise yep. and, and all that stuff but yeah yeah, I'm keen yeah. to see what they do with the Black Saber and, and where they dive in mm. on that. That's as far as I'm mm. going to go. I'm not even going to... I probably shouldn't have even said that now I think about it, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see where they go with it, just knowing some of that broader universe and, and what that actually means. But I'm keen. I, I really enjoyed it. Like It was just a good, fun ride. Eight episodes, didn't overstay its welcome, created a great universe, some cool characters, some memorable moments, and it seemed to seemed to build like the first few episodes didn't do much and it sort of felt like it got better i know the the last episode was a little bit divisive a few people thought it was a bit flat others really loved it i sort of sat it was great more so on the positive side of it but Mm. yeah more star wars um the world's never going to complain about that and they're going to make money off it regardless if it is good bad or otherwise but yeah yeah october 2020 can't wait for that can't wait for um wandavision that sort of little sizzle reel trailer um that they dropped during super bowl wandavision stood out to me the most out of out of those like loki only got a little splash sort of winter soldier and falcon looked okay but wandavision what they were trying to do it just looks crazy and quirky and like pleasantville Mm. with superhero yeah like hell yeah i watched the shit out of that yeah 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 i'm i'm um i'm lukewarm on on like one like i feel like like just those two characters and they're like I was never really enamored with them. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. Like I, I do not care for for Sam Wilson. Like um, so now that he's Captain America, I'm like okay. Like I get that that's the way that it goes in the comics and that, but like I just I really just loved you know Captain America. So well yeah we'll see how we go. Mm. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. Like they've they've done well bringing Amer- Cap to screen because he was a bit of a boring character through a lot of his yeah lot of his stories but they fleshed him out and made him someone you care about and we'll see if they can do the same with falcon yeah he was the superman of like the of you know the marvel universe captain yeah. america he was the you know the 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 good boy the you know that doesn't swear and like you know yeah. kind of boring and it's like yeah this guy's just like all good but they made him like they humanized that you mm. know that character um so 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they can do with yeah how uh, Sam Wilson portrays the role. Hell yeah, I love me some Winter Soldier though. Bucky is fantastic, yeah. and the guy that yeah. plays him, whose name escapes me, he was just made for that role. Yeah. Um, man, if they ever do like a retelling of like Luke Skywalker, like he's the dude that plays it. Like, have you seen that comparison, the side by side comparison? Have. Yeah, it's actually like, no, like it's, really scary. It's uncanny. It's uncanny. Like he looks. Oh, God, this, this is gonna do. Um, this is gonna do my head in now. Um, Sebastian Stan. That's Sebastian it. Stan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. He's in that, you know, Disney have got him in his back in his back pocket. Get him in as a young Luke Skywalker. Oh, God, that's a great. good point. Mm. Yeah, sadly, this next point is not good. Sony closes oh. first party studio, Manchester VR. The studio is formed in 2015 to specifically work on VR-oriented games. It never released a game and now has become the third UK studio PlayStation has closed in the PS4 generation. Oh. So uh, don't really know the, the inner workings as to what happened here, like the studio has been around for, for touching on five years now. No game ever saw the light of day under the, the tutelage of Sony. So maybe there was just development hell and uh, mm. just, just hemorrhaging money, I'm assuming. But it is a shame. You never want to hear and see studios go under because obviously this is people's livelihoods we're talking about. So yeah. wish everybody all the best and hopefully they can land in some other roles uh, within the gaming space and, and keep on uh, you know living their best life. Mm-hmm. I have to imagine it's quite expensive to make games in the UK like just knowing what their economy is kind of like and how expensive it is just to live there mm. so yeah. and it would it would purely be a financial decision they would be looking at it and going look this game's not coming out quick enough it's costing us a buttload you know everyone all the um all these companies are coming up and doing their earnings calls and stuff now like coming up to the you know from the end of last year coming up to the start of quarter one like yeah, it's it's a shame because yeah, people's jobs have been lost and that. But if hopefully you know these guys are talented enough, they can find new homes and in the gaming sphere. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I thinking about that now. Why don't more game studios like set up shop in Monaco or something, tax free? Yeah, they they could make games there and avoid any any government repercussions. No doubt they probably have to pay some under the table dealings mm. and whatever else. But mm. uh, let, let's open up a studio in Monaco and then just uh, live the high life. Yeah, I imagine it's probably like they're going to find all these people who want to move to Monaco. Yeah, Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like thinking, I'm like, hey, that's a fucking good idea. I'll move yeah. to Monaco and then I'm like, oh, then I have to pack everything up and take my son. <laughs> and- <laughs> I have to go to Bunnings and get some boxes. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I imagine it's something to do with that. Yeah. All right. Something else you might have time to do is watch the third season of Castlevania next month. Yeah. It debuts on Netflix from March the 5th. I still haven't watched the second season. I've heard it's great. I really enjoyed oh, man, the first season. Yeah. Obviously, it finished way too soon, the first season. Um, yeah. Building up and then just went, yep, the end, see you next year mm. type of thing. And I was very upset about that. But mm. I need to get back on the train and, and see what Dracula and co have been up to. So, uh, do it. Yeah. Do it. Get it. It's good though. Like for you, like I was like, I watched the first season and then the second season came out. This first season's perfect because it's like four episodes, like 20 minutes. So you can quickly punch through the first season and jump straight into the second season mm-hmm. yeah. to get on that really for episodes 20 minutes yeah they were like 20 22 minutes each um four episodes yeah and it goes by so quick and i was like damn i need more of that um it was kind of just like a teaser like it was really just a teaser to this story like these are the characters this is what they're doing go and then it's like it's on it just starts and then um season two's 
Yeah, really good. Really, really good. I'm surprised up. they turned this around so quickly. Mm. I, I just want to say I gave up on this show on season oh, one. Really? <laughs> now hearing it was four episodes, I'm like, oh shit, I didn't give it a chance, did I? <laughs> you were like halfway through the fourth episode and went, ah, I'm done. I'm done. Pack it in. I'm out. Did you not like it? Why did you not give yeah, it a chance? Yeah, I don't know. I like. I remember watching it, and I think something about the art style was throwing me off. Mm. Um, and I don't know. I just it didn't grab me. I I, yeah, okay. I guess maybe I was expecting one thing, like maybe, like you know, it's Castlevania, so maybe I was thinking like of animes like Helsing. So I thought it was going to be yeah. along that border, but maybe it mm. felt too. Um, because it's it's a Netflix made. It is, yeah. Are we calling it anime? No, animated series, I guess. So it's an anime, I think. I'm not opening that Pandora's box. Um, NATO has thick feelings on this. Yeah, I know, and so do a lot of other people on the internet. So I guess maybe <laughs> something about the style and how it was presented just kind of was rubbing me the wrong way or something. I don't know, but maybe mm. knowing now that it was only four episodes, I should probably give it another chance. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking I might like go back and watch the first four and like watch that flow straight into season two, just so I can get a full feel and opinion for it. But um, mm. I enjoyed it, but yeah, it just ended way too damn soon. So I need to yeah. need to make some time to to watch some animated Dracula goodness because uh, that real world Dracula we talked about earlier sucks <laughs> ass. No good. Um, something that uh is a little more positive and less ass sucky. Activision Blizzard confirmed we will absolutely see a brand new Call of Duty game sometime this year, though which studio will develop it has yet to be announced. Yeah, this is, I think, the most, like, no-duh news we'll probably get all year. Like, uh, obviously, they're going to pump out another one. Obviously, it's going to sell by the boatload and uh mm. you know just keep doing what call of duty does mm. uh, what are they what are they got to do though like obviously they did um modern they've warfare done space they've done everything yeah. yeah where do they go do they go back in time maybe it's like primitive warfare type of situations I'd they go back into that. the 1800s or something and and do yeah. something like that i don't know i don't know where they go we, we haven't had a proper like black ops kind of did but we haven't had a proper call of duty vietnam game so i don't know whether that's something that like you know of all the wars, like, you know, they haven't really done that. So maybe they could, that could mm. be a thing. But, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm still one, like, I'm still, like, is the Call of Duty bubble ever going to burst? Like, is that juggernaut ever going to slow down? Like, it just no keeps way. rolling on through. Yep. And every, you know, every year everyone's like, oh, no one's going to buy this Call of Duty. And they, it sells maybe a little bit like, oh, the, you know, Activision stock drops a little bit because it, you know, oh, it didn't sell as well as we projected, but it still outsells every single other game released that year. Mm. Yep. I mean, they've, you know, like the last one they released was definitely received extremely well. Um, mm. The one previous, I don't recall how the reception was on that one. Well, so we had Modern Warfare, which was um, last year, th- which was yeah, phenomenal. Last year. Yeah, which I, I still want to go back and play. And then before that, we had Black Ops 4, which was no single-player campaign. Um, I believe it was Black Ops 4. I don't think there was anything in between that and no. Modern Warfare, um, which was basically like, it had your, you know, your team deathmatch and your kind of like your normal multiplayer, but it was the one with the Battle Royale, with your Blackout Battle Royale, oh. um, which which was like people, like this was the one that people like shit-canned, but it still sold phenomenally. And <laughs> like, I loved it. Like I, 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 I got it because I was just like, I was in like, COD, COD is like my, 
like my guilty pleasure gaming like when i'm not feeling something um you know like heavy or story or rpg focused or whatever it is like i'll just chuck in like a cod and just play like team deathmatch mm. and like just just play round after round after round after that and I, for some reason like when black ops 4 i had just been playing like um not infant what's the one with kevin spacey um advanced warfare advanced I think warfare that's it. Yeah. Um, so I played that and I was playing like the, the, um, the, like the team deathmatch or whatever. in after playing through that campaign, um, and black Ops four came out, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll jump in. And I started playing like the team deathmatch. I'm like, ah, this is, I'm not feeling this. I'm like, I'll give this battle Royale thing. All the kids are talking about a try. And, um, yeah, like I said, like <laughs> heroin, blackout like, bitcher. And yeah. You were yeah. It was, it was like gaming heroin. And I was just like, yeah. Yeah, I forgot where I was at one point. You need to get your hands on a copy of um, Modern Warfare from last year because mm. cross-platform for one, so we mm. can all play together on any any ecosystem. Uh, I've, I've been yeah. playing casually here and there over the last few weeks and over the Christmas break, and uh, it's it's anyway. so good. Yeah, you might mm. be able to get it for get it for a steal. So, yeah, more COD this year. No idea where it's going to be set. I'm assuming Sledgehammer's probably going to take it because Infinity Ward did um, Modern Warfare did last year. Too, they yeah. usually sort of have year-on, year-off cycles. So yeah. I'm assuming yeah. Sledgehammer's yeah. going to jump back into the uh, the dev seat. But mm-hmm. yeah, where the game's set, who's the lead character, is anyone's guess? Because yeah, they've done everything. Like I know War is Eternal, but like where the hell do you take this? Do you just spin it and go way back in the past or something? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But Activision, we uh, got a few more little bits of news about them. They've been busy this week. They are planning to release, in quotes, several remasters in 2020. Activision says that players can expect many more remasters and reimagined experiences from us throughout this year after the success of revised franchises like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, and the aforementioned Call of Duty Modern Warfare what do you guys think of this as far as these remasters coming their way? Like uh, Dennis Durkin has revealed that they're going to continue to tap into that previous portfolio of beloved IPs uh, with games on their way for this year, which which is kind of crazy. Um, I'll just sort of mm. rattle off a couple of, couple of potential franchises. Like you think we might see something like a return of Guitar Hero or maybe some mm-hmm. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater comes yeah. back. Maybe they remaster the first Tony Hawk. Fuck yeah. Tony Hawk himself was like teasing something a couple of weeks ago about potentially like a video game or something like that but um, I don't know like this might be the new COD that we they might just go well we've done everything let's just reimagine you know the original Call of Duty or let's reimagine Black Ops or like you know they might just do Modern Warfare 2 they might redo the Modern Warfare franchise or World at War like like otherwise like yeah what else are we going to get Tony Hawk's like Skylanders is that still a thing? Um, like the toys with game stuff, like Activision, you know, haven't like you know, Gun from two thousand five. Like, I don't know. Like, what else are they gonna do? Well, we get might get that prototype remaster. Oh my goodness! I didn't half mind prototype. To be completely not. honest, it was very violent. Yeah, very violent. Yeah, it kind of came out at the same time as Infamous, and and it and it missed the mark. I'm just having a look through like games that they've they've made and like they they have a very very large portfolio i doubt we're going to see american chopper 2 full throttle get remade but uh (laughs) you know stranger things have happened they Uh, have my god they've made some games over the years or been part of game releases over the years 
Bloody Raw. I wouldn't be upset for a, a Bloody Raw remake. Uh, great fighting game where you fight as dudes that turn into animals and you know kick each other's behinds. Cabela's African Safari. All the Cabela's hunting games. Love me a hunting <laughs> game. I know you're a bit of a fan of the old uh, shooter hunter games there. Miss Hart? Oh, well, I had that one hunting game. Oh, though, I do like me a uh, like big buck hunter. Well, big yeah. buck hunter. Yeah. Big game hunter, right? Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. All, all that we should know is that beer is usually involved whenever I get on that game. So, yeah. Yes, as it should. As, <laughs> as it, it should. should. Alcohol alcohol, and weapons go hand in hand if uh, if the, the world has taught us anything. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it's, it's interesting. Out of, out of everything, like... Tony Hawk's seems to make the most sense because I'm just sort of skimming mm. this list and outside of 7 million Guitar Hero games and like, I don't know, like Hexen and stuff like that, I'm like, there's not really yeah. anything they used that to ha- jumps in. It looks like Sony has, you know, got the... Because um, they used to have the Spider-Man franchise, which now obviously sits with um, with Sony. Mech Warrior. Does anyone care about Mech Warrior games anymore? No? I'm sure that the Mech Warrior community would be very happy to see... Uh, a new Mech Warrior game. God, they even did the NASCAR. I actually played a lot of the NASCAR games as I was a kid for some weird reason. I really enjoyed playing NASCAR and just crashing cars and smashing mm. people up. Who used to do Burnout? Were they Burnout? Um, I don't think they handled Burnout, but they did do Rampage. Maybe we'll get another Rampage game. Ooh. Maybe The Rock will <laughs> actually yeah. star in it. They'll just translate the movie that was the game back into the game. Who knows? But uh, yeah, we'll find out. We don't have to wait too long because they're talking about some of these games releasing throughout this year. So they're going to have to get on the announcement train pretty quick. Oh, there's one for you. Soldier of Fortune. I'd play the absolute shit out of that game if they made that Oh, yeah. It was so unnecessarily violent. Like you shoot a guy through the elbow, there's a chance his arm's going to blow off from the elbow down. You shoot (laughs) him through the foot, there goes his foot. Like I remember playing that as a kid and just the hyper-violence in that game just knew no limits mm. um they made a lot of star trek games star wars <laughs> jedi knight academy there you go oh mm. anyway anyway oh, tenchu there's one remake oh, tenchu. Bring back tenchu. Fuck! <laughs> i would fucking play the shit out of a tenchu game hell yeah. yeah yeah i uh that's that's one of my favorite games from from previous gens of all time i love that game so much yeah so yep. much all right, so we've got a lot to look forward to from Activision this year, a new Call of Duty, and um, yes, several uh, remasters and reimagined experiences. So let's hope that Tenchu is one of those. And mm. uh, the last bit of news I wanted to bring to the table this week, Rockstar co-founder Dan Hauser is leaving the company in March. And this comes via way of Matt oh. Wales at Eurogamer. Rockstar Games co-founder Dan Hauser will be leaving the Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead Redemption studio this coming March following an, in quotes, extended break that began early last year, according to parent company Take-Two Interactive. Hauser founded Rockstar Games with his brother Sam way back in 1998 and served as vice president of creative at the company, as well as writer and producer across a wide range of the studio's titles. His lead writing credits include Red Dead Redemption, Bully, and Max Payne 3, According to a new filing posted to Take-Two's investor relations website, after an extended break beginning in the spring of 2019, Dan Hauser, vice president, creator at Rockstar Games, will be leaving the company on March 11th. We're extremely grateful for his contributions, Mm. the statement continued. Rockstar Games has built some of the most critically acclaimed and commercially successful game worlds, a global community of passionate fans, and an incredibly talented team, which remains focused on Mm. current and future projects. 
Speaking to gamesindustry.biz, a Rockstar representative said Sam Howes' role as company president has not changed. The announcement came two days ahead of Take-Two Interactive Q3 earnings report, which occurred this past Thursday. So this is some big news. Like uh, the Mm. Hauser brothers are Rockstar and for one of their pillars, one of their founders and the lead writer of of most of their critical successes, leaving... Mm. What happens here with Rockstar, Cruzy? What's what's your thoughts on this? You got some you got some opinions, got some feelings. I do. Yeah, I just feel like this is a like the extended break thing, and now just sort of leaving with no statement from him. I can't imagine that this has been a like a a positive, amicable break. I, I have to imagine it sort of. And there was a couple of things from the earnings call um, that the um, the CEO said that kind of lead me to believe that. Like, I have to believe this has got something to do with the whole crunch. Um, controversy from mm-hmm. you know way back with all these former rockstar devs coming out and talking about how you know the Hauser brothers would you know rule with an iron fist and the culture was terrible and they would you know grind these people basically into the dirt and you'd be fired like you remember that horrible expose that sort of came out um, a couple of years ago and and then Dan taking an extended leave of absence obviously in line with that um, kind of you know I imagine that that leave of absence had something to do with that maybe he was just taking a break after Red Dead maybe it was um, sort of a four or a voluntary one um but um strauss zelnick um who's the um the ceo he did say in the earnings call um uh what did he say so he said um so culturally this is a quote culturally i've only seen ongoing improvements at rockstar frankly have only seen growth and engagement and innovation so like just a few of those like little quips like you know it's like oh, I don't speak of other people for other people, but you know Sam's highly committed to the organization, etc. and so on. Like there wasn't a lot of praise or love for for, for Dan, Dan. and there was just a lot of talk of like, no, everything's fine. Our culture is actually improving. Um, so just those little sort of you know you read the tea leaves. Um, and again, this is 100% speculation, but I can't imagine that it's a it was an amicable split. Um, and I have to imagine it has something to do with that you know that crunch controversy. Um, from a you know a year and a bit ago, it, it makes sense. And regardless of if it was Dan's sole derogative to he was the one driving that crunch, or maybe he's mm. just been made out to be the big bad in this situation, it's and they need they need yeah. the scapegoat to to potentially shift. And then after this, be like, hey, our culture's great now. We don't do this anymore. You know, we're mm. a we're a family company, and we we mm. work nine to five, and that's it. And you know, all yeah. this sunshine rainbow. Uh, yeah. media beat up so it's I'm curious to see because yeah Dan hasn't really said anything I, I haven't seen anything this week on his socials regarding any more of, of sort of the the peeling back of the curtain to, to hmm. give us some some thoughts on his inner workings on what's going on here but it certainly sounds like this was not amicable um, no you know getting put on gardening leave anyone knows like usually getting put on there because they're trying to to march you out here and for Mm. for reasons that uh we may never know but yeah the crunch thing certainly makes sense and you know i don't know the guy never worked for the guy but from all reports it sounds like uh yeah he was he was he was pretty uh iron willed as far as how that company had to run but yeah you know and it's 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 so interesting there must there's like there's obviously more to this story but like that whole controversy like it didn't impact in any sort of 
um, significant way the sales of Red Dead. It hasn't impacted, you know, the continued dominance of GTA Five being still charting every single month in every single, um, you know, video games chart. Um, the, you know, the continued, um, you know, resurgence of GTA Online, etc. Um, so it's interesting that this is still like Take Two and Rockstar could have easily um, just done nothing and continued on. So there must be some sort of internal, you know riff that's that's gone on for dan to sort of walk away from the business or you know whether he's been pushed out or you know i guess we'll we'll, we'll, he would have signed some kind of nda so Mm. um he would i doubt we're gonna ever hear the this story unless jason try busts it open oh and you know he will (laughs) he will will. (laughs) but um it's gonna be interesting to see what happens when he sort of appears again in this space is he going to stay in in the gaming gaming community is he going to take up uh, a role or a new mantle at another at another studio uh Mm. there is now an opening at the coalition uh the the sort of lead writer for gears has has recently jumped across uh to Mm. work on diablo at blizzard activision so uh who knows maybe you can go along and work on xbox exclusives and uh you know make my green dreams come true but uh, yeah, what do, what do you think, Miss Hart? You got anything else you want to add regarding this this situation? I know, as Cruzy said, we are sort of just it's a lot of hearsay and spitballing and hypothesizing yeah. here. So uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's no real meat. Yeah, exactly. I like at first when I heard that he was leaving, especially after a long extended leave. I don't know why. My first thought went like ailment, like being sick. But then, yeah, as Cruzy kind of went into detail a bit more, I myself have witnessed. Uh, bad managers and whatnot being forced to take a, some leave time and then eventually being booted out. So that actually does make sense from a business level. Um, you know what? He himself is probably either just going to cut ties and just do his own thing elsewhere or he'll like, you know, I get like maybe like a cliff vibe, like go off and open up his own studio and then just be a menace to the gaming society, feeling like a... <laughs> And a lose millions on failed game releases. Yeah, like like that kind <laughs> that of like self draw to death. Was that Cliff? Nah, was Cliff did um that online shooter. Yeah, uh, that escapes me. That it was it was almost like Mountain Dew Battle Royale. It felt like like it was just like everything's gnarly and rad and dialed up to ten thousand and I can't every what Twitch it was streamer death. Oh, that was, was playing it. It was Jaffe that did drawn to death. Hmm. But um. Uh, I just, I, I guess, I kind of get that kind of uh, self-deserving vibe. Like, like he, he's mm. a founder of like GTA. Like, we, mm. like a lot of us can think about at least the first GTA game we played. Like, I remember playing the first one, like from top down, and mm. it's, it's a pillar in the gaming, you know, industry. Oh, like, changed everything. It, like, it, it yeah. Think about it. Yeah. So, like. You know, like he'll probably he'll either just fade into the dust or he will bang his chest. So yeah, yeah. Either he's, way, he's, the severance package that he would have got from from this oh, departure yeah. would be more money than we could <laughs> imagine in a lifetime. Damn like, those res- those residuals. Whew, he doesn't have to work ever again. No, so, like, like, co-founder of Rockstar, um, and he was what the the joint CEO or, or vice president of creative. So. You know, there's some pretty sizable titles that uh, they would be paying out for. So, yeah, Hells it would yeah. be a multi-million dollar, like hundreds of millions severance. of dollars of, of severance there. So, yeah, he can do mm. whatever the hell he wants after this. And rightfully mm. so. Like, yeah, he, as you said, Miss Hardy, he pioneered uh, a lot of the direction of, of modern day gaming on the back mm-hmm. of GTA. And, and yeah, very talented man. Don't know 
yeah about the other stuff but mm. yeah wish him wish him all the best with whatever happens and, and rockstar they'll they'll kick on like this is just a speed bump they'll just they're past it now and they're they're yeah. already moving into gta 6 and whatever else yeah. like you saw the the twitter hailstorm like already and they're like oh my god what's gonna happen with gta 6 it's gonna be the worst game ever and oh no they're rudderless now and it's like yeah it fell in the hands of one person one person yeah. made the entire game yeah <laughs> yeah but um still big still big like this is a big departure like he's he's one of the the kingpins of the gaming space and to see him uh yeah departing the biggest studio in the world um through through things that we aren't completely sure of but have some pretty good ideas here it's uh yeah maybe some good news that's for sure mm. All right, speaking of uh, good news, we've got some new releases coming out this coming week. So uh, we've got a handful of games that are going to be releasing between February 11th and February 14th. I don't know if any of these are tickling your pickles, but let me know if that is the case. AO Tennis 2 is dropping out on February 11th, serving its way into PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and the Nintendo Switch. Yakuza 5, PlayStation 4 exclusive, comes out on February 11th as well. Moving on to February 13th, we see Florence, the uh, mobile gaming super hit making its way to Switch, PC, and Mac. Anyone that hasn't played Florence, do yourselves a favor and pick it up. Like It's great just as a, as a mobile game, to be honest. It's, I think it's about 12 bucks mm. on mobile, maybe even less. Really mm. good fun. Great, great immersion. Good soundtrack. Really heartfelt story and journey you'd play through on there over a handful of hours. So check it out if you haven't. And on February 14th, uh, if you're looking for some stuff to buy your loved one for Valentine's Day, <laughs> look no further than maybe a copy of Street Fighter V Champion Edition on the PlayStation 4 and PC. Maybe they're into Darksiders. Get them Darksiders Genesis, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, or the Nintendo Switch. Dreams finally makes it way is, its way to PlayStation that, 4, moving out of early fuck. access. So mate, Man, that could, game is going to bomb hard. Yeah. We talk about about UK studios that are you know, going to be shut down. I think I think this is like I just dreams is like the amount of time that game's been in development and like everything it just yeah say goodbye to media media molecule unfortunately the amount of money that game um, would have cost that studio to make and Sony to fund would be Mm. insane insane Um, and then the last game that comes out uh, this week on PC is a game called Table Manners which is apparently a physics-based gaming simulator. Um, <laughs> tonight's the night. You've secured a date and you're off to the most glamorous restaurant you know. There's only one problem. You're a disembodied hand with a knack for catastrophe. <laughs> what in God's name? But um, this makes me curious. So I'm guessing you're playing Thing almost from the Adams Family in a dating sim <laughs> at yeah, a restaurant. That's, what, that's exactly guess, what I thought. Yeah. Color me intrigued. That's for damn sure. Uh, it's yeah, releasing this week. It doesn't even have a price attached to um, what it's going to be selling for come uh, Valentine's Day. But maybe maybe you can live out your weird twisted hand fantasies in table manners on Valentine's Day if you don't have a loved one. Get this game. Play one handed. <laughs> they're playing one handed and have a gay old time. <laughs> love it. I love it. All right. And the last thing, and this is going to sort of lead itself into a question. I will have uh, our tweet of the week. And this comes via way of WWE on Fox. 
And a uh, little bit of backstory, Game Over Greggy went on and uh, took part on Promo School, which is a new sort of uh, thing they're doing on Fox where they get various personalities on to cut a live wrestling promo. And uh, he fired one directly at Xavier Woods. And uh, one of the lines from the tweet reads, I'm the one carrying this show on my back like True Kofi carries you every week. <laughs> And that is our game over, Greggy, shooting straight at Xavier Woods on promo school. Xavier Woods then rebutted, fired some shots back at game over, Greggy. And then the next day, WWE stock dropped 15%. So uh, it's kind of funny to have that kind of sway in the professional wrestling space. Is this a coincidence? Is Xavier Woods just a real bad promo guy? Who knows? But I wanted to ask you guys, Mm. if you were a professional wrestler, are you a heel? Are you a face? What's your style? If you want to compare how you'd perceive yourself or see yourself as a wrestler that's maybe from today or used to wrestle in the past, who would you style yourself of as a professional wrestler if you're in the WWE or the AEW or the NGPW, wherever you are? Tell me tell me your wrestling stories. I feel like Ali and I are going to have the exact same answer. Well, we're probably in the same team, I'm going to say. Because <laughs> I was going to say I'm definitely modeling myself over leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. I got a bit of that Jeff Hardy action. Yeah. There here. we go. All we need is our Matt <laughs> yeah. Hardy, and we're good. Come on, Brendan, join yeah. us. You be our Team Matt. Extreme. You be Let's our go. Matt. Oh, I, I could be Matt. Like I, the, the Hardy Boys, and like Leader. I was in love with Leader. Like, oh, I don't oh, know if I've shared the story on this podcast, but like there was a good probably year of my life in my mid-teens where I'm like. I'm finishing school. I'm moving to America. I'm going to become a professional wrestler and I'm going to marry Lita. Like, and it wasn't even just like this dream was like, this is happening. Like went to wrestling school in Canberra for like a few lessons. And, you know, I was watching (laughs) the WWF every day or every day pretty much and weekly with the, um, with the shows and the pay-per-views and I was all about it. But yeah, I I could join your stable, but I'd I'd probably envision myself more of like, I'm in the Mick Foley vein, um, like that Uh, mankind, like, um, he, he was one of my homeboys, Mick Foley. So I'd certainly be playing a face, maybe a bit of a lovable face that doesn't mind taking a big bump, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. throw me off the top of a cell, things like that. Because uh, I'm mm. not really good at flips and things. I can do a yeah. swanton bomb, but like I, I've mm. tried to do like um, 450 splashes and things like that, and it don't work. Like oh. I can't get the rotation, shooting star presses. I can't do backflips. <laughs> so, oh man, <laughs> yeah. Actually, oh, I'm trying to remember her name. Was her name Victoria or yeah? Like- there was yes. Victoria. She was a bit of a mean woman too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I liked her though. She's the one that came out to tattoos, all the things she said, right? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I fucking yeah, yeah, loved yeah. her. I thought she was great because I think it was roughly around a time where you were like you had to be a beautiful bombshell still. Like you could still mm. be strong and be a wrestler when you know divas mm. were kind of taking that you know turn. Yeah. But she yeah. was just a psycho. Like that was her thing. Yeah. She was just fucking crazy, and I loved her for that. So yeah, yeah she was a good character. Mm. Just Stevie Richards following her out every. Oh <laughs> yeah, good old Stevie. He's mm. lived a few lives. That man hasn't he? Hasn't he ever? Yeah, I remember when he was sort of part of. I can't remember if they were called like the censorship or the censors. Yeah, or something. Um, fuck. What were they? I was just thinking about this. Um, oh, fuck. This is gonna do my head in. But Damn it was it. like this him like and a reform Blumini, and I think even now nah, Batista. Batista debuted as like hired muscle for like a Christiany guy, if I remember right. Yeah, like, wasn't he with? Um, wasn't he there with uh, when Devon was going through that phase? Wasn't that's he right. Devon's? Yeah. yeah. Oh God, I remember yeah. that. 
Yeah, Stevie Richards was in the BWO. Yeah. And then he was in um, Right to Censor. Right to Censor. That's right. Yeah. 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 God. Yeah. Bring back Al Snow, I say. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Val Venus, fucking Al Snow and Head. Those are the days. Yeah. The glory (laughs) days. Those, that sort of mid to late 90s um, raw attitude era was was peak wrestling. Like, it's still all right nowadays, but. Yeah, it's it's nowhere near what it was. So um, Billy Gunn, yeah. damn, yeah, Mr. Scotty Ass. too hotty, <laughs> Scotty too hotty, yes, yeah. oh, too cool, and Rikishi. W. Yep. Oh, did you know that Graham? He's dead. What? Grandmaster is dead. Oh, do you know? Yeah, he's um, he's Jerry you know Lawler's he's, son. Uh, yeah, exactly. Did he die? Yeah, committed suicide in jail. Oh damn! Well, that was like a double whammy. <laughs> Fuck! What was he in jail for? Drugs. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know why That's I really sad. Because I remember when he came back, I remember, like, in, like, 2003, he, like, made he like returned to Raw for, like, one match and then, like, never was never seen again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, they live some very yeah, hard lives, some of these wrestlers. The pursuit of perfection and fame leads them to do some pretty, pretty dicey things and, uh, yeah, it catches up to a lot yeah. of them, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, son. But, yeah. Um, that has been episode 181 of the Hungry Gamers podcast. Cruzy, as always, it is an absolute pleasure to get you on any form of microphone talking talking the good Thanks stuff so with us. Me. So appreciate you being our first guest of uh, 2020. Pleasure. Thank you for having me so much. Uh, is there anything you want to say, anything you want to mention before we uh, close this episode down for another week? No, I'm, I'm not like, yeah, I'm not doing any sort of regular type podcasts anymore. Um, Why I'm, not? I'm living a life. <laughs> honestly, like after it is doing it is what it is for a year and a bit, like I'm kind of living that um, ignorance is bliss type lifestyle. Like I'm trying to avoid all the politics and that, but um, potentially thinking about doing something a little bit, you know, a little bit later in the year, but we'll always do, um, you know, uh, uh, party mode and that at PAX. So, you know, that'll sort of be, you know, a staple and, you know, you'll hear me on comedy rewind from time to time and, and you know, other little bits and pieces and, um, which is exciting, but now I just, just be nice to each other. Like, I think that's, that's, that's the message I've got. Mm. Enjoy life. Be good to each other. Amen. And go play table manners. Yeah. Miss Hart, anything you want to say before we uh, say bye-bye? No, I'm good to go. I've got to go back to my graveyard. Oh yeah. yeah go, go <laughs> desecrate a few more well. corpses. <laughs> I think I'm going to get a copy of Table Manners and try play that this week. This is weird. If you do, I'm looking at the trailers. Record it. it looks so weird, but I'm all about it for some reason. So, uh, yeah, I'll uh, see if I can play that this week and report back uh, on episode 182. Yeah, this has been episode 181 of the Hungry Games podcast. Thank you for stopping by, giving us a listen. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe us on all your podcast hosting platforms, but namely iTunes, Apple Podcasts, because those reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. Once you're done checking that out, head over to 8bitnation.net for all the direct links to our web store, to our Patreon, to our Discord, to our Facebook, and to all the other stuff that is important and orbits the 8-bit sphere. But I also check out hashtag 8 Collective on Twitter to uh, link up with all the other great podcasts and content creators amongst the 8-bit stable. But until next week, 8-bit Nation, it's been our pleasure. I don't want to say this. Much love. Stay hungry. 
You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Thank you.